Today on Ag News Daily. Conservation is something, like you say, that uh, all of us can play a part in, whether we're in an urban or a rural setting. With what Lindsay has done with our FieldNet and FieldNet Advisor, it's really helped producers get to that next level. August 30th, Tuesday, first day of the Farm Progress Show 2022. Tanner Winterhoff here, literally joined alongside <laughs> Delaney Howell. Yeah, this is the first time in quite some time, Tanner, that we've been sitting next to each other physically. About six months. Yeah, last time I think was that commodity class. That's right. Only yeah. time we see each other to do this is... At events, and that's okay. And we don't live that far show. apart, so you'd think you know, we'd <laughs> see each other more frequently, but that's okay, too. Absolutely. Well, yes, we are hanging out here, Farm Progress Show listeners. If you want to come find us, it'll be Sukut Manufacturing booth in the morning, John Deere in the afternoon. We'd love to meet you and learn more about what you like mm-hmm. about the Ag News Daily Podcast. And I also have to say, Tanner, we got to give a big shout out to Lindsay Irrigation, who is the sponsor for this week while we're at the Farm Progress Show. So we'll be playing a great conversation with Brad Dunbar, their regional matter manager for Zematic later in the podcast. But before we get to that, we got to get to some news. And actually, I want to kick things off with some Farm Progress Show news because this shocked me. But I was listening to Secretary Bill Northey. I was uh, past Secretary of Agriculture last night. Tanner, it's been since 2018 that we've been in Boone. Yeah, it has because there was a COVID year in between. Yeah. And in 2018 was that terrible year when we had that bad thunderstorm that kicked people out of the day, out of the show one day early. That's right. Now we aren't running live demos today because mm-hmm. of the moisture that we received over the weekend, but uh, certainly a beautiful day. And I do remember the COVID year. There was a couple people that got to see the field demonstrations. Interesting. But it was not open to the general public. So still got a lot of footage, a lot of, a lot of marketing mileage for those companies out here sponsoring events. Well, speaking of moisture, we could definitely use some moisture and quite a bit of the Corn Belt as we continued to see crop conditions decline for the fourth straight week, Tanner. As of August 26th, 86% of the U.S. corn crop is in their dough stage, but we saw 80, or excuse me, 46% has reached the dented stage. And in the top 18 corn growing states, crop condition ratings declined 1% from last week, now at 54% good to excellent, but 19% rated poor to very poor, up 1% from last week. On the soybean side of the things here, Tanner, USDA reported that soybean setting pods are at 91% across the top 18 soybean growing states and soybean conditions were rated 57% good to excellent reflecting no change and 13% poor to very poor. Yeah, that uh, seems to be degrading just a little bit. Week after week after week, we played catch up for a long time because of delayed planting and now uh, we see conditions degrading. I had pulled up a couple articles. This one's obviously from DTN that was comparing the pro farmer tour yield estimates to their digital yield tour estimates to the USDA. And we talked a little bit yesterday on the marketing side about how uh, Pro Farmer is usually just a little bit short of what USDA has on an annual basis. I think he said 12 out of 20 years. Uh, the digital tour here was pretty much spot on. As you take a look, uh, they were running nationally. The Intel was at 167, Pro Farmer at 168, and the USDA at 175 on a national average. You look across the state of Iowa where we record today, 
The digital was at 180, Pro Farmer at 184 and 205 for the USDA. So a big discrepancy there in the state of Iowa. But Pro Farmer also put out their key agricultural exports report for Ukraine. Their oil seeds, grains, and oils rose to over 4 million metric ton this month, up from 3 million metric tons in July. By October, the country's ag minister told readers that Ukraine should export six to six and a half million metric tons of grains and oil seeds to its ports as things normalize. The ag minister says, however, like Delaney reported on last week, acreage will fall by at least 20% next year due to the Russian invasion and crop ground that is unlikely to get planted again. So a little bit of yield update after your progress and conditions report. Well, Tanner, speaking of Ukraine, we finally have confirmation from the U.N. that a ship carrying food relief from Ukraine hit the Horn of Africa, where there is continued to be a really expansive drought there. A vessel with 23,000 tons of grain reached Djibouti. I think I've got that pronounced correctly. Um, And they also had another one and a half million tons earmarked for people in Ethiopia as well. This is the first delivery that has actually made shores now since the Russian-Ukraine invasion. And as we continue to look at demand flipping tracks here just a little bit. China bought 48 cargoes of soybeans in the week ending August 26th, according to today's edition of China Direct, published in their Shanghai office. That's nearly twice the pace of the previous week, Tanner. There you go. Up up and getting things moving, literally. Up and getting things moving, literally. Absolutely. And, you know, typically we start to see Brazil and Argentina come online here pretty soon. So it does seem favorable that China is continuing to purchase from the U.S. at this point, this late in the game. It is, because that was a concern yesterday during our market discussion, is what type of market will China continue to bring, especially as economic standards fall and the threat of more COVID lockdowns. Uh, So a good thing to keep an eye on. The USDA put out here that they are mailing out the 2022 Census of Agriculture to millions of farmers across the U.S. and Puerto Rico this fall. The census will be mailed in phases with an invitation to respond online in November, followed by a paper questionnaire in December. I had wondered why we weren't going digital, but Mm. the invite's coming in the mail with a digital option to fill out. Farms of all sizes, both rural and urban, produced and sold that have normally had a market of more than $1,000 of ag products in 2022. The Census of Ag data is used widely by federal and local governments, agribusinesses, trade associations, extensions, and other educators to perform and create opportunities for you as uh, those involved in agriculture. So listeners, be on the lookout for your mailbox this fall, and uh, maybe don't just throw everything away. Well... Tanner, I got to be honest with you. I haven't had a lot of faith in the U.S. postal system lately. <laughs> no offense, but they're just, they haven't done a great job. We've had a lot of mail that's gotten lost lately. So I would wonder, out of those surveys that are getting sent out, how many of those actually get lost and never make it to the intended farmer? Right. Could you imagine, though, keeping a database of all the email addresses if you just wanted to go digitally? Because I got a ton that go into my junk and <laughs> That's spam. true. I have a special email just for that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the best way or which other way uh, is set to go. But I've only got one piece to report on after this. How are you coming, Delaney? I'm pretty good. I've got a quick update here on European energy prices. We have seen nearly a 10-time hike in prices since the beginning of 2021. When you look at current EU energy prices, of course, the largest factor of that being 
Nord Stream 1 offline as well as other Russian, Ukraine energy producing areas are continuing to impact that as well as lower economic growth, higher unemployment, higher inflation rates and increasing rates that are continuing to point to a global recession, Tanner. But Europe certainly is not uh, feeling favorable towards prices right now. Yeah, that uh, is another market that we're going to keep an eye on. Let's pause here for a message from Lindsay uh, Irrigation and Zomatic Systems as a proud partner for this episode. They say proper preparation prevents poor performance. Your local Zomatic dealer is here to help you prepare for the next irrigation season now. Act fast to lock in bonus rebates on fall deliveries and your choice of additional available incentives. The sooner you lock it in, the better your deal will be. So don't delay. Terms and conditions apply. See your local dealer or visit lindsay.com slash fall savings for full details. Yeah, coming back to my last story for today, it was only first identified in 2017, but the Asian longhorned tick has been confirmed now in 17 states across the U.S. The latest report from the CDC states that this tick carries a disease commonly called Ikeda that could be fatal to people and to livestock. So the states, as I rattle these off, Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, Kentucky, Maryland, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia, not Iowa. Okay. Yet. We got lucky. But 17 of the states, ticks have been found on pets, livestock, and other wildlife, as well as people. Elanco, Animal Health, veterinarian, senior technical consultant, said the recent report of the Ikeda is a protozoal disease that attacks red blood cells. So keep an eye out. We certainly want to make sure our livestock and our pets stay safe as well as our listeners. So if you're in one of those states, just a heads up, that tick has now been confirmed and identified. Well, Tanner, my last piece of news, speaking of livestock, is related to hay production. The August crop production report released by USDA's NAS included forecasts for hay production in select states, showing that total production of alfalfa hay in 2022 is forecast at 49 million tons, down about three-tenths of a percent from 2021 levels, and 13.6% below the 10-year average, Tanner. So while we're not seeing a huge decline in hay production compared to last year, compared to the 10-year average, those producers that are feeding hay and other forages to their livestock may have a tougher time sourcing it or maybe need to be willing to pay a little bit more to get access to that this season. Right. Tonnage is down. And uh, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks and Twitter posts about folks chopping extra acres of silage to try and get tonnage up for their livestock. So as we jump into the markets, it looks like overnight corn, soybeans, and wheat were all lower. Yesterday, obviously, corn futures during our discussion, we noticed rose to the highest level in two months. So what do you think, Delaney? Were traders taking a break today? Well, soybeans certainly were weighing heavier on corn and wheat today as we continue to see soybeans trading lower and pulling those two commodities down with it. November soybeans are down about 12 cents here midday at 14.25. New crop corn down about 7 cents on the day at 6.76. And Chicago December wheat down 13 cents this morning at 8.29. When we hop over and take a look at the livestock markets today, we're seeing the opposite story there as there's green across the screen. October live cattle up a buck 17 at 144. 
October feeders up about $1.92 on the day at one eighty-three, and October lean hog up two oh seven at ninety four thirty two and a half ten or so. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out this week. But really, you know, we saw last week's pro farmer crop tour numbers traded, chewed through in the market, and we're going to have to continue to see some positive news or weather stories here to keep feeding this bull market. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was kind of part of the conversation we had yesterday and have each Monday is to keep you up to date on that. Let's pause one more time for a message from Lindsay Irrigation before we jump into that conversation with their representative today. They say proper preparation prevents poor performance. Your local Zomatic dealer is here to help you prepare for the next irrigation season now. Act fast to lock in bonus rebates on fall deliveries and your choice of additional available incentives. The sooner you lock it in, the better your deal will be. So don't delay. Terms and conditions apply. See your local dealer or visit lindsay.com slash fall savings for full details. Farm Progress Show Day Number 1, a Tech Tuesday interview here, live recording at the 2022 show here on August 30th. Happy to have our guest with us, Brad Dunbar, who's the regional manager of Zomatic, a Lindsay product. Is that correct, Brad? Correct. I am the regional manager. I cover uh, about 40 of our dealers throughout the Midwest from Manitoba down through Kansas. Now, Brad, for those of our listeners that are not familiar with Lindsay, give us a little bit of background about the company. Sure. Lindsay has been producing center pivot irrigation for over 50 years now. And we started in Lindsay, Nebraska. And agriculture and ag irrigation are about 80% of what we do. We also are involved in uh, different roadway products and other other different products. And we'll talk a little bit probably about technology since it's Technology Tuesday and our production of technology products, not only for the ag sector, but also oil and gas and rail. You know, there's been a lot of articles, Delaney, that I've seen over the last week or so, very focused on the technology you're going to see at the Farm Progress Show. Absolutely. And and I can't say that this is one of the interviews that I expected to have when thinking of technology. So, Brad, how can a Zomatic system be a technological upgrade to our listener? Yeah, so Zomatic, with our center pivot, we actually got into the technology segment back in the 90s. And at that point, technology looked very different as far as how we communicated remotely to a center pivot uh, out in the field, making sure that it was running. Today, that's evolved into our field net product line and our field net advisor, uh, getting the, the right amount of water in the right place at the right time. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because as we look at technology, obviously water is going to be, already has been a lot in the West, a key area, a key issue that's going to define farms and urban areas alike. But when you look at Lindsay Irrigation specifically, how have you guys been working to conserve those water resources and thinking to the future about how you plan for that? Yeah, this year's definitely been one of the driest that we've seen in a lot of areas within the Midwest and in the Pacific Northwest. And I think conservation is something, like you say, that uh, all of us can play a part in, whether we're in an urban or a rural setting. With what Lindsay has done with our field net and field net advisor, it's really helped producers get to that next level and know exactly what they need to put down through the pivot when they need to put that that uh, irrigation event down. Um, technology is something my family farm has implemented uh, very well over the years. 
Uh, we really started out, and there's still folks that, that use the soil moisture probes out in the fields, climate stations, things like that. FieldNet Advisor has really helped us get even dialed in that much more without having all the hardware actually in the field. And I think that's something that, that growers are challenged with is maintaining hardware out there and making sure that it's it's reading properly. Yeah, I can see where that would be important because uh, a concept to be able to grow crops with less water is only that until you actually have the data behind it. And and I, I've been a big proponent, Delaney, another co-host of mine, always says that data is the currency of the Internet. And mm-hmm. I would argue it's the currency of, of agriculture. And it's nice to see how Zomatic is is doing that. So what what are some of the key features that you guys have? Is it the field net that allows farmers to water their crops with less or grow crops with less water? Yeah, so the field net advisor, it really starts out at the end of harvest the prior year. And we we start tracking, you know, what we get for precipitation through the winter and into the spring. And the day that that crop is planted, we record the day that it was planted. You know, some fields you may have multiple planting dates on, right. depending what the weather events do. Yep. You may have multiple hybrids in. So we also have the, the hybrid uh, information there. So we know exactly the relative maturity of that mm-hmm. hybrid going into the field. So I think that's a big, big deal is when we... When that crop starts out, we know where that soil profile's at. We know the soil type. We know the slope. We know the the hybrid that's out there. We know um, just everything that's important to start that field off right. And then we start tracking the weather through the, the season, too. We have uh, our partnership with DTN where we pull the weather information in. And so we know, you know, when it's rained. We know what the ET of that crop is looking like like all the way through the growing season. Um, we know if there was, since we have field net on those fields, we know exactly how much water we're putting down in every single degree. And it allows us to, to really see where that crop condition is at. And then also take a look at what the forecast is looking like. You know, we've had some, some big fluctuations in what um, our ET has looked like this year as we've gotten into some of these really hot times of the year. And we've gone through a lot of water, so we know when that crop is about ready to hit stress. We can look forward, think about, okay, next week it's going to, the weather, we're going to burn through about X amount of water. We need to get an irrigation event down before we get to that hot time. And it sometimes that's a, a good good point to charge that uh, soil zone a little bit more mm. when we know we're going to be hitting a hotter streak right. that's going to potentially evaporate more water off through the application process. So that's that's some of the ways that we're, you know, really dialing it down to, to make sure we're using uh, water as efficiently as possible, more crop per drop. And this year was probably a good testament of how you guys do that because last week, of course, we had the Pro Farmer Crop Tour results showing significant yield loss, especially in Nebraska, your home state there. We were talking to a grower not all that long ago who thought, Yields would be down maybe anywhere from 20 to 40 bushels. So certainly a, a hard year, a tough year for especially folks in kind of the western Corn Belt region. But talk to us a little bit about some of that application that we've seen this year. How does the application work? How has it helped growers this year in particular, knowing it has been dry in a lot of parts? Yeah, that uh, the yield is definitely going to be impacted, especially as you get into the western part of Nebraska. Uh, on our farm, we have some dry land acres too, and it's you know, and I, some of them I actually have on advisors so we can track, you know, you know, we can't apply water, obviously, but we know where that 
stress point is and, and what that yield's potentially looking like due to limited water. Um, I think this year is going to be a, a, a huge year for guys to reflect back on and say, hey, where, where do we need to make some improvements uh, within our irrigation infrastructure that we have on the farm? Whether that means replacing a machine to make it more dependable. You know, these machines, uh, a lot of them have been out for a, a lot of years. They've, they've done a great job, but you know, there's not very many pieces of equipment on the farm that get to be 30 years old and, and are still, you're depending on day after day. So this is a, a great time for guys to reflect on. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's time to do some replacement there. Another thing that uh, I've been watching very close is taking a look at infrared images and dialing into, you know, where are some potential stresses within a field, not only on um, potential, you know, compaction areas, uh, different soil types, but also where are some limitations within that sprinkler. You know, there's some of these sprinkler packages that have also are getting towards the end of their useful life that we're starting to see some potential challenges with. So it's time to, to take a close look at that and be ready for next year. Be ready for replacing a sprinkler package, uh, taking a look at making some upgrades to a machine. I like that, Delaney. This has been a good Tech Tuesday interview because I, you know, living in Iowa, central Iowa, you don't see That's very right. many pivots. Yeah. You don't get a lot of irrigation. So, uh, it's been great. This is the first day of the Farm Progress show, the calm before the storm. And, and this is, uh, an artificial storm coming from <laughs> Zomatic. But uh, Lindsay Irrigation product is Zomatic. We're here talking with Brad Dunbar. And he slipped a little little cliche, a little saying in there that I don't know if everybody caught. But their goal is to get you more crop per drop. And I didn't want people to miss that. So, Brad, we appreciate you joining us again. If you guys are interested in learning more, go to visitlindsay.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y.com or your local Lindsay dealer for more information. Brad, if people have questions for you, is that the best place to go or would you rather send them somewhere else? That is the best place to go. Uh, also check us out on social media. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Learning something every day, Delaney, that should be a goal of our listeners. But for me here at Farm Progress Show, that's just it, since we don't have a lot of exposure to irrigation tools. We certainly don't. But as Brad mentioned there, we're going to continue to see water becoming a prevalent issue and may see irrigation and pivots and other methods creep further east. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. Farm Progress Show Day 1 report for you. Come find us tomorrow if you're going to be here. Sukup Manufacturing in the morning. John Deere in the afternoon, but a big thank you to Lindsay Irrigation and their Zoomatic Systems for being a proud partner of the Ag News Daily Podcast. But what do you say? Is it time to let the listeners go? Let's let them go.